This is an SBS radio podcast. Settlement Guide. Information, issues and stories about living in Australia. Victoria's embattled aged care sector is grappling with widespread infections, resulting in over 100 deaths amid the coronavirus pandemic. There are lessons for desperate families when considering residential aged care for your loved ones during these trying times. Aged care facilities around Australia are on high alert with over a dozen Victorian nursing homes hit by coronavirus in recent weeks. Professor Andrea Mayer, an aged care specialist and director of medicine and community care at Royal Melbourne Hospital, says there is a reason why residential aged care facilities have become hotspots for SARS-CoV-2 outbreaks. If people live together in closer proximity, like in residential aged care facility, the risk of outbreaks is much, much higher. The last census indicates that one in three seniors aged over 65 was born overseas. At least 1.2 million older people live in aged care facilities based on the 2017 to 2018 data from the Australian Institute of Health and Welfare. Multicultural Aged Care's CEO, Rosa Colanero, says residential aged care is often the last resort for families from culturally and linguistically diverse backgrounds. And it means for the family, they feel extra guilty because if then they goes into lockdown and they can't see their family member, it's extra strain. And then you get family members who might have difference of opinion. The anxiety and stress is really quite significant. The average waiting period for a place at an aged care facility is five months after approval by a health professional, according to a recent Productivity Commission report. Colonero recommends that families have their loved ones assessed by their GP early in case of a sudden crisis. Going into residential care, the doctor needs to contact my aged care and there needs to be an assessment. Now usually that assessment specifies whether it's urgent and, and some people have been assessed for what's called package care and then may have access to respite. You need to be uh, eligible for a government subsidy. Even before you start thinking of which residential facility, there are all these other things that you have to be able to do when you're feeling really stressed. Former aged care worker Michelle Shell was in the dark as to how the system worked when her elderly parents required extra care. She likens navigating the system of 3,000 Australian residential aged care facilities to speaking a foreign language. Michelle's late father had no choice as due to his health he needed residential aged care over three years ago. She is thankful that her mother managed to get herself into the system early by engaging a carer to help her with shopping and cleaning for some years prior to entering into residential aged care. She um, had a carer come to the home to help her with shopping and cleaning and those sorts of things for some years. My mum is Dutch and the carer that came to her house was also Dutch. So that transition into further care and needing more was much easier. While Michelle is grateful that her mother's not-for-profit residential aged care facility acted independently and swiftly ahead of government advice, it was an especially tough time as Michelle lost her father the day before the facility started restricting visitors. It was a really difficult time, the uncertainty of what's happening in the country, but having just lost your dad and trying to stay connected with your mum was really difficult. The grieving family found some comfort when the facility granted Michelle and her siblings compassionate visits, albeit under strict restrictions. 
those visits really sparked her and woke her up again and really helped her to cope better. Also, what they did was have frequent video calls two or three times a week. That was really important to see her face and for her to see us because clearly she was missing dad and was coming to terms with that. It wasn't perfect, but it made it so much better. If you are considering respite or long-term care for your loved one, Professor Mayer suggests examining the medical, social and cultural factors of a facility to see if they match your requirements. There are also essential questions you should ask different stakeholders. Safety, safety, safety first. If there was a recent outbreak in the facility, how was that managed? Was the GP involved? How did the management react? If you have a single room, you could isolate if there would be an, an outbreak. Talk to other residents if they feel safe. Talk to other family members. What kind of information has been provided in the last weeks to actually communicate uh, with the family to get a better idea if the residential aged care facilities, if they are on top of the pandemic. Margaret's Sri Lankan-born mother had to move into a residential aged care facility when the family could no longer keep her safe at home due to her dementia. Margaret, who has chosen not to reveal her real name, was only allowed to visit her mother and speak to her via video chat once a week when aged care facilities started limiting visitors across the country. It was stressful for Margaret as the only Queensland-based sibling when the others are unable to visit due to border closures. In choosing a residential aged care facility, she warns against judging a facility by its appearance. They say facilities are, you know, this star, that star, whatever star, but at the end of the day, if you're not on top of it, I don't think they get the right care. Margaret has noticed deteriorations in her mother's mobility and communication since she moved into the residential aged care facility over a year ago. She is frustrated that her mother only gets to have one shower a week due to staffing shortage. Inadequate staffing in aged care is a serious problem, felt by 89% of participants in a recent report released by the Australian Nursing and Midwifery Federation. And Margaret is alarmed by the lack of personal protective equipment and the lacklustre infection control standards at her mother's luxury aged care facility. So I've actually been taking my own mask. So it's been very disappointing. And also the temperature, the people's temperatures. And when you look at the directory of, you know, like all the people that have signed in, every single person has the same temperature. That's absolutely impossible. So clearly the temperature gauge is not working. Under normal circumstances, Professor Mayer recommends visiting a facility several times to see if it seems and smells clean, if the staff are friendly amongst themselves and with visitors, to judge if it's the right place for your loved one. These days, with tighter restrictions, many providers are offering virtual tours instead. Professor Mayer suggests doing your own check by looking out for certain signs having the ability to see all the locations during the tour. The management or the nursing staff, how do they react to the questions you have? Maybe even have a virtual tour on a Sunday, maybe in the evening to really see if you have questions remaining, how they react. Also in times where maybe the pressure on the staff working there is a little bit higher to see what the resilience is of that facility. According to Lisa Johnston, an education officer with the Seniors' Rights Service, it can be a frightening time, especially for seniors living with dementia in aged care homes. 
the not-for-profit advocacy organisation for older people who receive Commonwealth-funded aged care services, has received an overwhelming number of calls from concerned seniors and families during COVID-19. Johnston says the organisation is well-placed to provide three-way phone conversations with families and interpreters if needed. The main concern has always probably been a language barrier with our elderly being in aged care facilities, the diminished visiting. A lot of our elderly from our culturally and um, linguistically diverse community are finding it harder and harder to communicate with the staff. There's less staff, there's tangent staff that are coming through that maybe don't know the residents in the different facilities, so there's new faces, but there are faces that are covered, especially people with dementia. Having someone coming towards them with a mask on, that alone can be quite daunting. Michelle says as hard as things have been for her family in the past few months, she's grateful that her mother's small residential aged care provider employed extra staff to avoid the risks of transmission from temporary workers. She believes good communication with the facility is a key criterion for families during a pandemic. I felt able to call and contact the staff or the CEO or the staff members at any time and they were always quick to contact me for any opportunity that required it. Research by the Department of Health found that in 2015, 26% of all home care recipients were from culturally and linguistically diverse backgrounds. Colin Nero says this indicates that multicultural families prefer keeping their elders at home with additional assistance and support. For example, an 80-year-old woman giving a shower or bath to an 82-year-old man, that's not good for the 80-year-old woman. She hurts her back, helping him in and out of bed, etc. So there can be these other ways of accessing the system, but also other ways of providing support. For more information on different aged care options, ring My Aged Care on 1800 200 422 or visit their website. For free and confidential legal advice, contact Seniors Rights Service on 1800 424079. If you need language help, contact the National Translating and Interpreting Service on 131 450. The feature on aged care in the time of coronavirus, What Should You Consider, was prepared by Amy Chen Yu Wong. And for SBS, I'm Margarita Vasileva. This was an SBS radio podcast. For more settlement guide stories, visit sbs.com.au slash radio.